Introductory Chapter to Tanglewood Tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Tanglewood Tales by Nathaniel Hawthorne. The Wayside. Introductory. A short time ago, I was favoured with a flying visit from my young friend Eustace Bright, whom I had not before met with since quitting the breezy mountains of Berkshire. It being the winter vacation at his college, Eustace was allowing himself a little relaxation, in the hope, he told me, of repairing the inroads which severe application to study had made upon his health and I was happy to conclude, from the excellent physical condition in which I saw him, that the remedy had already been attended with very desirable success. He had now run up from Boston by the noon train, partly impelled by the friendly regard with which he is pleased to honour me, and partly, as I soon found, on a matter of literary business. It delighted me to receive Mr. Bright, for the first time, under a roof, though a very humble one, which I could really call my own nor did I fail, as is the custom of landed proprietors all about the world, to parade the poor fellow up and down over my half a dozen acres, secretly rejoicing, nevertheless, that the disarray of the inclement season, and particularly the six inches of snow then upon the ground, prevented him from observing the ragged neglect of soil and shrubbery into which the place had lapsed. It was idle, however, to imagine that an airy guest from Monument Mountain, Bald Summit, and Old Greylock, shaggy with primeval forests, could see anything to admire in my poor little hillside, with its growth of frail and insect-eaten locust trees. Eustace very frankly called the view from my hilltop tame, and so, no doubt, it was, after rough, broken, rugged, headlong berkshire and especially the northern parts of the county with which his college residence had made him familiar but to me there is a peculiar quiet charm in these broad meadows and gentle eminences they are better than mountains because they do not stamp and stereotype themselves into the brain and thus grow wearisome with the same strong impression repeated day after day a few summer weeks among mountains, a lifetime among green meadows and placid slopes, with outlines forever new, because continually fading out of the memory. Such would be my sober choice. I doubt whether Eustace did not internally pronounce the whole thing a bore, until I led him to my predecessor's little ruined rustic summer-house, midway on the hillside. It is a mere skeleton of a slender, decaying tree-trunks, with neither walls nor a roof nothing but a tracery of branches and wicks which the next wintry blast will be very likely to scatter in fragments along the terrace it looks and is as evanescent as a dream and yet in its rustic network of boughs it has somehow enclosed a hint of spiritual beauty and has become a true emblem of the subtile and ethereal mind which planned it I made Eustace Bright sit down on a snowbank, which had heaped itself over the mossy seat, and gazing through the arched windows opposite, he acknowledged that the scene at once grew picturesque. "'Simple as it looks,' said he, "'this little edifice seems to be the work of magic. It is full of suggestiveness, and, in its way, is as good as a cathedral.' Ah, it would be just the spot for one to sit in, of a summer afternoon, and tell the children some more of those wild stories from the classic myths. 
it would indeed answered i the summer-house itself so airy and so broken is like one of those old tales imperfectly remembered and these living branches of the baldwin apple tree thrusting so rudely in are like your unwarrantable interpolations but by and by have you added any more legends to the series since the publication of the wonder book many more said eustace primrose periwinkle and the rest of them allow me no comfort of my life unless i tell them a story every day or two i have run away from home partly to escape the importunity of these little wrenches but i have written out six of the new stories and have brought them for you to look over are they as good as the first i inquired better chosen and better handled replied eustace bright you will say so when you read them possibly not i remarked i know from my own experience that an author's last work is always his best one in his own estimate until it quite loses the red heat of composition after that it falls into its true place quietly enough but let us adjourn to my study and examine these new stories it would hardly be doing yourself justice were you to bring me acquainted with them sitting here on the snow-bank so we descended the hill to my small old cottage and shut ourselves up in the south-eastern room where the sunshine comes in warmly and brightly through the better half of a winter's day eustace put his bundle of manuscript into my hands and i skimmed through it pretty rapidly trying to find out its merits and demerits by the touch of my fingers as a veteran story-teller ought to know how to do it will be remembered that mr bright condescended to avail himself of my literary experience by constituting me editor of the wonder book as he had no reason to complain of the reception of that erudite book by the public he was now disposed to retain me in a similar position with respect to the present volume which he entitled tanglewood tales not as eustace hinted that there was any real necessity for my services as introducer inasmuch as his own name had become established in some good degree of favour with the literary world but the connection with myself he was kind enough to say had been highly agreeable nor was he by any means desirous as most people are of kicking away the ladder that had perhaps helped him to reach his present elevation my young friend was willing in short that the fresh verdure of his growing reputation should spread over my straggling and half-naked boughs even as i have sometimes thought of training a vine with its broad leafiness and purple fruitage over the worm-eaten posts and rafters of the rustic summer-house i was not insensible to the advantages of his proposal and gladly assured him of my acceptance merely from the title of the stories i saw at once that the subjects were not less rich than those of the former volume nor did i at all doubt that mr bright's audacity so far as that endowment might avail had enabled him to take full advantage of whatever capabilities they offered yet in spite of my experience of his free way of handling them i did not quite see i confess how he could have obviated all the difficulties in the way of rendering them presentable to children 
these old legends so brimming over with everything that is most abhorrent to a christianized moral sense some of them so hideous others so melancholy and miserable amid which the greek tragedians sought their themes and moulded them into the sternest forms of grief that ever the world saw was such material the stuff that children's playthings should be made of how were they to be purified how was the blessed sunshine to be thrown into them but eustace told me that these myths were the most singular things in the world and that he was invariably astonished whenever he began to relate one by the readiness with which it adapted itself to the childish purity of its auditors the objectionable characteristics seems to be a parasitical growth having no essential connection with the original fable they fall away and are thought of no more the instant he puts his imagination in sympathy with the innocent little circle whose wide open eyes are fixed so eagerly upon him thus the stories not by any strained effort of the narrators but in harmony with their inherent germ transform themselves and reassume the shapes which they might be supposed to possess in the pure childhood of the world when the first poet or romancer told these marvellous legends such is eustace bright's opinion it was still the golden age evil had never yet existed and sorrow misfortune crime were made shadows which the mind fancifully created for itself as a shelter against two sunny realities or at most but prophetic dreams to which the dreamer himself did not yield a waking credence children are now the only representatives of the man and woman of that happy era and therefore it is that we must raise the intellect and fancy to the level of childhood in order to recreate the original myths i let the youthful author talk as much and as extravagantly as he pleased and was glad to see him commencing life with such confidence in himself and his performances a few years will do all that is necessary toward showing him the truth in both respects meanwhile it is but right to say he does really appear to have overcome the moral objections against these fables although at the expense of such liberties with their structure as must be left to plead their own excuse without any help from me indeed except that there was a necessity in it and that the inner life of the legends cannot be come at save by making them entirely one's own property there is no defence to be made eustace informed me that he had told his stories to the children in various situations in the woods on the shore of the lake in the dell of shadowbrook in the playroom at tanglewood fireside and in a magnificent palace of snow with ice windows which he helped his little friends to build his auditors were even more delighted with the contents of the present volume than with the specimens which have already been given to the world the classically learned mr pringle too had listened to two or three of the tales and censured them even more bitterly than he did the three golden apples so that what with praise and what with criticism eustace bright thinks that there is good hope of at least as much success with the public as in the case of the wonder book i made all sorts of inquiries about the children not doubting that there would be great eagerness to hear of their welfare among some good little folks who have written to me to ask for another volume of myths they are all i am happy to say unless we accept clover in excellent health and spirits primrose is now almost a young lady and eustace tells me is just as saucy as ever 
she pretends to consider herself quite beyond the age to be interested by such idle stories as these but for all that whenever a story is to be told primrose never fails to be one of the listeners and to make fun of it when finished periwinkle is very much grown and is expected to shut up her baby house and throw away her doll in a month or two more sweet fern has learned to read and write and has put on a jacket and pair of pantaloons all of which improvements i'm sorry for squash blossom blue eye plantain and buttercup have had the scarlet fever but came easily through it huckleberry milkweed and dandelion were attacked with a whooping cough but bore it bravely and kept out of doors whenever the sun shone cowslip during the autumn had either the measles or some eruption that looked very much like it but was hardly sick a day poor clover has been a good deal troubled with her second teeth which have made her meagre in aspect and rather fractious in temper nor even when she smiles is the matter much mended since it discloses a gap just within her lips almost as wide as the barn door but all this will pass over and it is predicted that she will turn out a very pretty girl as for mr bright himself he is now in his senior year at williams college and has a prospect of graduating with some degree of honourable distinction at the next commencement in his oration for the bachelor's degree he gives me to understand he will treat of the classical myths viewed in the aspect of baby stories and has a great mind to discuss the expediency of using up the whole of ancient history for the same purpose i do not know what he means to do with himself after leaving college but trust that by dabbling so early with the dangerous and seductive business of authorship he will not be tempted to become an author by profession if so i shall be very sorry for the little that i have had to do with the matter in encouraging these first beginnings i wish there was any likelihood of my soon seeing primrose periwinkle dandelion sweet fern clover plantain huckleberry milkweed cowslip buttercup blue eye and squash blossom again but as i do not know whether i shall revisit tanglewood and as eustace bright probably will not ask me to edit a third wonder book the public of little folks must not expect to hear any more about those dear children from me heaven bless them and everybody else whether grown people or children End of the wayside introductory